Hi listeners, I'm so very impressed with WoW Mobile's amazing service and the value is unsurpassed. WoW Mobile offers unlimited long distance, unlimited email, unlimited text messaging, unlimited internet, no data charge, no credit check, no contract, no strings. A Google Android mobile device sold separately acts as a portable wireless or wired router, a mobile web hotspot to which you can tether up to four other devices such as notebooks simultaneously. If you upgraded the firmware for your Apple iPhone to version 3.1, you will find they disable their tethering capability. The domestic plan includes unlimited anytime minutes within U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico for only $79.95 per month. The 50-nation international plan, only $10 more. Eliminate your mobile bill. Eliminate your internet bill. Eliminate your air card bill. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000. Plus, when you enroll three others, your service is free. While mobile offers the opportunity for the entrepreneurial-minded to be their own boss. What other mobile service offers you the chance to get free service and be fairly compensated for teaching others how to do the same. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000 or click on the WOW Mobile banner at theliberationstation.com. WOW Mobile, the revolution has begun. Webster Tarpley speaking from Washington, D.C. Now, uh, we need to take a look at this incredible circus around the Fort Hood massacre. Uh, I call your attention to an original paper by me entitled Nidal Malik Hassan of Virginia Tech, Bethesda, and Fort Hood, a major patsy in a drill gone live. That's available at uh, various websites. Act Independent will have it, and indeed Topley.net will have it uh, sometime during this coming week. Now, to set the stage, this is a tragic event, of course. It took place um, a week ago yesterday from the time we were recording this. Thirteen dead, and the Army psychiatrist Nidal Malik Hassan uh, accused of murder facing the death penalty. In this debate, uh, people are divided into two sides. On the one side, we have the left liberals, the Obama acolytes, the um, Obama supporters. So for them, this is a victim, a troubled, tormented individual who happened to have snapped. As Obama put it in his uh, funeral address, uh, there are going to be instances in which an individual cracks. Now, according to this school, if you say that Obama is that uh, Hassan is a terrorist then that is racism and uh, prejudice, prejudice and you're being vindictive. On the other side, though, we have the neocons, the reactionaries, the Islamophobes, and those hostile to Obama who choose then to make a big issue out of Major Hassan. And they say this is a homegrown, self-starting Islamic terrorist. He's devoted to jihad. He loves suicide bombing. He wants to make contact with al-Qaeda. He wants the caliphate. He's seething with hatred for America, for freedom, 
and for his fellow soldiers. And, of course, this then says this is the fruits of multiculturalism uh, in the Democratic Party and uh, Obama's soft on terrorism. And uh, if it hadn't been for that, uh, Hassan might have been neutralized. And even now, after the fact, Obama and his gang will not tell the truth. Now, let's be clear. I condemn both of these views. They are stupid, naive, inadequate. They are superficial, above all, naive. These are two prongs of an articulated campaign of media hysteria and mass manipulation designed to do two things, to prod Obama, the dithering Wall Street puppet, into making the decision in favor of escalation in Afghanistan. Give him a big push. Obama is dithering. Obama is stalling. He can see that his own political survival is not going to be well served by the massive escalation demanded by McChrystal. Then there's also the transformative effects inside the United States. The idea here is to take the Tea Party movement, and whatever they are, and it is a mixed bag, some good elements, some uh, not so good, some bad, to push all of this in an Islamophobic and racist direction, to re-recruit the Tea Party people, if you will, for the global war on terror, which was not originally part of their design, right? They're concerned about taxation, big government, and the usual litany. They seem to allow themselves to be led around by Republican demagogues. But now the idea is make them into Islamophobes supporting imperialism, which up to now had not been one of their main issues. Now, remember, the goal in escalating in Afghanistan is the breakup of Pakistan and therefore an attack on China. You break up Pakistan, you're threatening China, you're also threatening Iran, so you're doing something geopolitical. So, all this past week, the usual reactionary ogres of the right-wing reactionary radio dial, Limbaugh, Beck, Kennedy, Levin, want to push this aspect. Now, what is the reality? I remind you of the fundamental work in this field, which is 9-11 synthetic terrorism. I wrote it in 2005 and updated it through quite a few editions. When you look at a terrorist event of this sort, you've got to distinguish the various planes of activity. It's not all one mass of, of uh, ingredients. You have got your patsies. You've got the people like Oswald or Sirhan Sirhan or Hinckley or Cho. You have got your moles. You've got the people uh, who might think of Dave Frasca of the FBI in this regard, right? That guy who couldn't put together the Minnesota report with the Phoenix Memorandum and realized that an operation was going on. And, of course, this the idea of a mole is that you're marching to the beat of a private network, a Wall Street-dominated private network. This is not a government policy. It's a Wall Street policy brought into government through the rogue network, through this parallel government, which has been there since, well, since Grover Cleveland capitulated to J.P. Morgan in 1895. That's a long story. You've got your patsies, you've got your moles, and then you've got your technicians. You've got the people who really can do the things that are attributed to the poor, uh, scapegoated patsies. Now, um, therefore, I would urge people, look at Hassan as a patsy. Now, he's obviously a deeply troubled individual. Let's look at him as a combination of several ingredients. The troubled loner, classic, Lee Harvey Oswald. Let's look at Mohammed Atta, the alleged terror pilot. Of course, he couldn't be a pilot. He thought he was an actor in a drill. Mohammed Atta on 9-11. And 
Cho Sung Hui, the so-called 2007 Virginia Tech uh, shooter. We also got to think of Sirhan Sirhan uh, and uh, Hinckley and, and any number of others. John Allen Muhammad was executed this past week. The difference is this. Up to now, Islamic terrorists have come in groups, right? There's a communitarian, social, collectivist aspect to the Islamic uh, fundamentalist terrorists, so-called, as they've been dished up by the intelligence agencies. But in this case, it's a loner. So now it's a, a troubled Islamic fundamentalist loner, Oswald Atta Hinckley, and someone who's also a psychotic. He's beyond Oswald in the psychosis. He's more in the direction of Hinckley or Cho. So uh, a fanatic, a misfit, a quasi-psychotic, uh, and again, couldn't stay in business without protection in high places. Now, uh, therefore, the question is, if uh, we want to look at Hassan as a dupe, as a patsy, and see how this uh, plays out within the, uh, the events that we've observed, you would have to find, um, well, uh, let's get some evidence. Let's not listen to the talking heads on television. Let's listen to what the troops say. Now, if you scan what the individual soldiers who were witnesses of this uh, massacre say, the one thing they all agree on is, at the beginning, they thought it was a drill. They thought it was a drill. They thought it was an exercise. Now, this takes us back to one of the main elements that uh, I point out in 9-11 Synthetic Terror. We have moles. We have patsies. We have technicians. It's all done through drills. You take a drill. You take an exercise. You flip it live. You take it live. You uh, transform it with actually somewhat minor changes, at least at the beginning, that then turn the drill from pretend uh, attack into real attack. So let's listen to Kira Bono says, uh, when Hassan stood up and praised Allah, well, she doesn't even say that, but she says she thought it was a drill. She didn't believe it was a, a drill until she saw that she was bleeding. That's from ABC News, Good Morning America. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, um, PFC Amber Barr of Random Lake, Wisconsin, says, we thought supervisors at Fort Hood were holding a drill last Thursday. She didn't know she was under live fire until she heard people screaming. Then we have Corporal Nathan Hewitt tells CBS uh, News correspondent Don Heeg, Don Teague, he thought the gunfire was a training exercise and that he'd been hit by a rubber bullet. He says that other victims thought the same thing. ABC News, Bob Woodruff talks to Captain Dory Karskadon, who says she initially thought the shooting was a drill. Now, that's a captain. We'll be back in a minute with more. This is Tim from Wow Mobile, the future of wireless communications. We have everything you want without the monthly bill. 
And I'm serious about that. We're using T-Mobile's phones, the G1 and the, the MyTouch. We're using AT&T and T-Mobile's networks. And we're also using VOIP, which is Voice Over Internet Protocol. We have a phone, which is more like a, a, a computer that can make phone calls instead of a phone that uh, does computer stuff. And you can browse Google. You can look things up. You can read the Wall Street Journal on online. You can do almost anything you want. You can text anybody you want. You can call anybody you want. For uh, the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico, it's only $79.99. And when you refer three, you get yours free. That's it. When you get yours and you sell three, you get yours free. That's right, people. Everybody that's out of work, everyone has a cell phone. Listen up. What you want to do is write down, I want free mobile at yahoo.com. I want free mobile at yahoo.com. GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN, great talk radio starts here. Welcome back to World Crisis Radio. So let's review some more evidence. The soldiers who were on the scene... Uh, agree on one thing. They thought it was a drill. Soldier Kira Bono, U.S. Army, says she thought it was a drill. We've got uh, Private First Class Amber Barr says we thought supervisors were holding a drill. We've got Corporal Nathan Hewitt. He thought it was a training exercise and he'd been hit by a rubber bullet. Other victims thought the same thing. Then we've got Captain Dory Koskadon. Maybe it was a drill. She initially thought the shooting was a drill. Now, that's a field-grade officer, a captain, uh, compels a certain amount of attention. We've got specialist Scott Hamrick, First Sergeant James McLeod at the Soldier Readiness Processing Center, thought it was a drill. My initial thought is it was a drill, said Hamrick, because you know you're always getting drilled for situations. However... What Hamrick thought was a drill turned out to be something closer to home. You get the idea. Uh, in addition to this, um, the Miami Herald reports Skip Blancet, pastor at First United Methodist Church of Killeen, Texas, talking to his daughter, Holly Davis, who's either uh, a worker on the base or in the Army. She's in the building next door to where the gunman was firing. They were in a lockdown. Everyone thought it was a drill at first, and indeed... During the crisis, the first thing posted on the Fort Hood website is, this is not a drill. It is an emergency situation. So what we see from this, uh, we glean that unannounced surprise terror drills are standard operating procedure, a fact of everyday life on this Army base and other bases. Now, again, what happens when the drill goes live? But now... If all of these soldiers thought it was a drill, what did Major Hassan think? Maybe he thought it was a drill, too. And when he went to it, maybe Major Hassan, like Atta and the rest of those guys, thought that they were going to be actors in a drill. In other words, Hassan gets his pistols, props for his action, 
probably thinking it was sanctioned. This is a troubled, inept, quasi-psychotic individual, a low-grade subject, not likely to see what's taking shape around him. So he gets to the uh, scene, the readiness center, and at some point, other shooters appear who take the drill live. They start shooting with real bullets. Now, whether or not he's shooting with bullets or not, we'll look at that in a minute. 100 rounds fired. Seems like a lot of shooting for one guy. Now, Major Hassan is not a marksman. This is not a combat soldier. This is a shrink. Uh, even though he's surrounded by soldiers who are not armed, those are nevertheless combat veterans, hardened veterans, most of them. Seems like a lot of shooting for one guy with uh, pistols that are not exactly, uh, they're not you know machine guns with uh, endless feed. So... The thing we have to look for is, were there other gunmen firing who knew that the drill was going to turn into a real massacre? Interestingly enough, extra gunmen is exactly what we find. So we've seen Hassan the Patsy. We've seen now the possibility of technicians, in other words, other shooters. Now, without going through all these quotes, it is clear that during most of the day, everybody according to the news dispatches, was reporting three shooters. Not one, but three. Here's a good example. Uh, London Daily Mirror. This is just U.S. Wire Services accounts. Twelve people killed, 31 wounded, when three gunmen in uniform opened fire at the U.S. Army's largest armored base. One gunman was shot, the two others held at Fort Hood. These embarrassing accounts of multiple shooters, they're disappearing fast, from the Orwellian Internet. They're going into the memory hall. The spokesman, Lieutenant Colonel Nathan Banks, at one point in the afternoon says, two shooters were apparently involved. No word about who they are. Um, the second, this is also the case that it's not just the one shooting incident at the readiness center. There's something called the Howes Theater, H-O-W-Z-E. There's a shooting incident at that location, too. Not easy for Hassan to come uh, to be present at two places. Anyway, uh, Lieutenant General, the most authoritative, news radio tells us Lieutenant General Bob Cohn at Ford Hood confirms 12 dead, 31 hurt in shooting, soldier gunman killed, two others in custody. So, two other shooters. Were those the technicians, the people actually capable as marksmen, professional hitmen, whatever they were? Uh, able to carry out the shooting with some effect. And here's the other thing. Whatever we can say about Hassan, he is a man of miracles. He's the guy who comes back from the dead after eight hours. Hassan is repeatedly declared dead from 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on your time zone, until about 9 or 10 o'clock in the evening. Hassan is dead, gone, finish. But then General Cohn, the commander of the base, comes out at uh, 9 or 10 o'clock in the evening, and says, no, he's alive. He comes back from the dead. More than, more than Lazarus, he comes back from the dead. So uh, we've, got, we've gone from three shooters to one. We've got the Hauser Theater shooting incident completely expunged. Um, and we've got this ability to, uh, to do shooting. It reminds you of, could Atta fly the plane? Could Oswald shoot the shots? Could Major Hassan get off all those shots in such a short period of time with two pistols, one of them semi-automatic and the other not even 
that. Now, here's the other thing. The categorical imperative for every patsy is to get noticed, right? Look at Oswald. Oswald hands out leaflets in favor of Cuba. Oswald goes on television and says he's a Marxist. He goes to the Soviet Union, tries to go to Cuba. Uh, Atta, right? The stare of Atta. He's looking like the sheik in, uh, in Rudolf Valentino's 1920 movie, right? He's got that hypnotic stare that nobody ever forgets. Atta takes time to have a fight about a parking space in the airport in Maine on his way to death. And he doesn't think he's on his way to death. He thinks he's on his way to be an actor in the drill. But he's been told to do these things. So what does Hassan do? He gets on his white robes and his white prayer cap and goes to the local 7-Eleven that day and makes sure that he is filmed. Um, we've got um, also this stuff that he does, right? We've got a whole trail. We'll go as much as we can. He tells his neighbor, I'm going to do good work for God today. Hmm. Uh, and, of course, the obligatory shout of Allahu Akbar just before the firing starts. Now, who's doing that shouting? If it's Nidal, uh, Nidal uh, Hassan, that's one thing. Could be somebody else, though. Could be part of a scenario script of a drill. Now, what has come out then over the intervening days is that the guy is a psychotic. He's obsessed with these religious themes, and he gives this uh, PowerPoint presentation to the staff here at the Uniformed Service University of Health Sciences, Bethesda, Maryland. And this is all about his own situation. He called the Quranic view, the Quranic worldview as it relates to Muslims in the U.S. military. That doesn't sound very Islamic. That sounds uh, academic to me. That reminds me of Atta's will and testament full of elements that are utterly alien to Islam, written by some half-baked area specialist. Back in a minute. Listeners, I'm so very impressed with Wow Mobile's amazing service, and the value is unsurpassed. Wow Mobile offers unlimited long distance, unlimited email, unlimited text messaging, unlimited internet, no data charge, no credit check, no contract, no strings. A Google Android mobile device sold separately acts as a portable wireless or wired router, a mobile web hotspot to which you can tether up to four other devices, such as notebooks, simultaneously. If you upgraded the firmware for your Apple iPhone to version 3.1, you will find they disable their tethering capability. The domestic plan includes unlimited anytime minutes within U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico for only $79.95 per month. The 50-nation international plan only $10 more. Eliminate your mobile bill. Eliminate your internet bill. Eliminate your air card bill. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000. Plus, when you enroll three others, your service is free. While mobile offers the opportunity for the entrepreneurial-minded to be their own boss, what other mobile services offers you the chance to get free service and be fairly compensated for teaching others how to do the same. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000, or click on the WOW Mobile banner at theliberationstation.com. WOW Mobile, the revolution has begun. 727-520-2000. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
Galactic World Crisis Radio, Webster Copley in Washington, commenting on the strange case of a major patsy, Major Hassan. Uh, in his uh, PowerPoint presentation, Uniformed Services University of Health Sciences, Bethesda, Maryland, part of that immense NIH, National Institutes of Health, uh, Bethesda Naval Medical Center complex, he's all about the Quranic worldview as it relates to Muslims in the U.S. military. Well, worldview, this is academic. Um, it implies that the Koran, Islam itself, are a worldview, or Weltanschauung, among others. And this, of course, is not the view of the Islamic fundamentalist. The Islamic fundamentalist says this represents absolute authority, the authority of absolute revealed truth, no questions about it, it's not among others, it's above, beyond, transcends, not comparable. So, um, a strange, um, strange thing. And, of course, in the course of this uh, PowerPoint, fighting to establish an Islamic state to please God, even by force, is condoned by Islam. Uh, and he says, Muslim soldiers should not be required to hurt other believers. Now, of course... You know, you think of the Iran-Iraq war, right? Lots and lots of Muslims killing other Muslims. You can find other cases where both sides are theocracies and not even secular dictatorships, Allah Saddam Hussein. But we've got about 1,300 years of Islamic armies killing each other in the Middle East, many times under theocratic rule. So this would seem to be, at the very least, radically anti-historical, what he says. But the most interesting, of course, is his... Tagline, we love death more than you love life, says Hassan in the PowerPoint. Um, well, uh, that's, uh, that would normally be enough to get yourself investigated, right? The Defense Investigation Services would be after you. The FBI would be after you. But somehow, in the case of, of uh, Major Hassan, nothing happens. This is the classic hallmark of the patsy. The patsy has got to blab. He's got to say things that are imprudent, that are reckless, that are daring, that are outrageous, that are going to get him noticed and noticed and noticed. And at the same time, nothing happens. Nobody lays a glove on him. Uh, we're told that um, then they have a meeting about him. Uh, you can see all this again in my essay, Nidam Ali Kassan of Virginia Tech, Bethesda, and Fort Hood, a major patsy in a drill gone live. So they have a meeting at Walter Reed Army Hospital, not far from this complex, not a part of exactly the same thing, but about a 15-minute drive away. Uh, so here we are now in the spring of 2008, and the big item on the agenda is, is Major Hassan a psychotic? He's disconnected, aloof, paranoid, belligerent, and schizoid. He is doing religious propaganda work. He tells one patient, Islam can save your soul. Well... Not what you're supposed to do on company time when you're working for the government. So he's six years as a psychiatrist at Walter Reed Army Hospital. He's part of that mass of, uh, of pain and suffering of the backwash of the Iraq and, and indeed, Afghan wars. Uh, and then he goes to Fort Hood in the summer of 2009. So we've got a distinguished committee of uh, august personalities uh, between the NIH, the Bethesda complex, and the Walter Reed complex on Georgia Avenue, and they decide to do nothing. Hmm, hmm. Maybe some of those people or their superiors or their advisors can get us into the area of the mole. In other words, the representative of the private network infiltrated into government, marching to a private 
drummer, I stress, and uh, protecting Hassan because he's going to go on to do great things. Uh, one of them says uh, that uh, Hassan looks like the sergeant who killed two fellow soldiers in uh, 2003 at the beginning of the invasion of, uh, of Iraq. Um, Hassan attends a mosque in Silver Spring where they routinely do fundraisers for the Chechen terrorists. That is to say, the CIA's Chechen terrorists being used against Russia. And then we have Anwar Awlaki. Now, this is the guy at the uh, Dar al-Hijra Islamic Center, Falls Church, Virginia. And this, of course, Anwar Awlaki, double agent, U.S. intelligence agent, this is the Pied Piper of many a patsy. Uh, so it turns out that uh, Major Hassan has fallen under the hypnotic influence of the fiery and, and uh, charismatic double agent Awlaki. So um, this uh, the massive material about this. Uh, interestingly, in 2001, Major Hassan and his mother worship at this Dar al-Hijra Mosque in Falls Church, Virginia. And who else do we find there? We find Hani Hanjur, the dumb and dumber pilot, right? Supposedly greater than the Red Baron in flying skills, but uh, couldn't do it in reality. Uh, absolutely excluded in the real physical universe. And we've also got uh, Khalid al-Midar and Nawaz al-Hazmi. These people... Uh, all 9-11 figures of suicide pilots, uh, hijackers, alleged, of course, no proof of any of this, but you just to identify them for discussion purposes. Um, these characters, Hazmi and Hanjur, are in the Falls Church, Virginia Mosque at the same time that Awlaki is preaching and at the same time that Hassan is going there with his mother, who then dies in 2001. And with this, he's very broken up because he's obviously uh, very dependent on his mother and any psychiatrist when you hear the word mother then you got to look in this direction and see what this uh this implies hassan's eyes lit up when he mentioned his deep respect for awlaki's teaching uh all right uh so we've also got what is what has awlaki been up to lately awlaki has fled to yemen but he can still he can recruit patsies at a distance and this involves two cases the fort dick six that is, these six mental deficients, these six mentally impaired characters who thought they were going to barge into a base and do, well, start shooting and see how far they got, and they were rounded up. And then we also had the um, Toronto group. Remember the group that wanted uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to bring them a lifetime supply of uh, fertilizer and deposit it in the backyard, and then once they had that delivered, they were then rounded up. So Awlaki is part of entrapment operations with the Fort Dick Six and the Toronto Dupes. The reason for those operations, of course, is to keep this lunatic thesis of a separate uh, Islamic caliphate, uh, uh, Islamic fundamentalist uh, power going on in the world. Now, uh, here's the interesting thing. The uh, FBI uh, has this uh, joint counterterrorism center where these kinds of information are supposed to be uh, distributed. So the question is, why doesn't the uh, Defense Department find out that Hassan is sending emails to Awlaki in Yemen and getting answers? <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, again, another FBI failure. In this case, uh, the Pentagon 
says they were never notified. Why were they never notified? There is a Pentagon representative from the Defense Criminal Investigation Service in the um, Joint Terrorism Task Force run by the FBI, but the FBI has to give permission before the information can be shared with the home agency. So you've got a, a liaison person on the committee from the Pentagon, but they're told they're not allowed to tell it to the Pentagon, and apparently the, uh, the Defense Criminal Investigation Service person goes along with it. So we have the FBI knowing but not telling the Pentagon about it, the Pentagon claiming we knew nothing. Here's the other thing. Uh, Major Hassan, very devout Muslim, right? All right, well, let's see. How does he spend his, um, his free time? Well, what he does is he goes to the Stars Strip Club, not far from the base. Three times during the month of October, uh, we've got Major Hassan checking his military ID at the door, paying his $15 cover, staying for six or seven hours watching the strippers. We've got Jennifer Jenner calling herself Paige, says that uh, Hassan bought a lap dance from her two nights in a row. He came in with a six-pack of light beer, drank a little bit, gave the other cans of beer to the strippers. He preferred blondes. Well, remember Amanda Keller, the strawberry blonde uh, prostitute cohabiting with Atta, who loved alcohol, cocaine, call girls, and pork chops. Looks like they come from the same school. Hi, listeners. I'm so very impressed with WOW Mobile's amazing service, and the value is unsurpassed. WOW Mobile offers unlimited long distance, unlimited email, unlimited text messaging, unlimited internet, no data charge, no credit check, no contract, no strings. A Google Android mobile device sold separately acts as a portable wireless or wired router, a mobile web hotspot to which you can tether up to four other devices, such as notebooks, simultaneously. If you upgraded the firmware for your Apple iPhone to version 3.1, you will find they disable their tethering capability. The domestic plan includes unlimited anytime minutes within U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico for only $79.95 per month. The 50-nation international plan, only $10 more. Eliminate your mobile bill. Eliminate your internet bill. Eliminate your air card bill. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000. Plus, when you enroll three others, your service is free. While mobile offers the opportunity for the entrepreneurial-minded to be their own boss, what other mobile service offers you the chance to get free service and be fairly compensated for teaching others how to do the same. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000, or click on the WOW Mobile banner at theliberationstation.com. WOW Mobile, the revolution has begun. tradition of Atta and of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, we might add, who was um, also a bar fly, discotheque habitue, uh, likes uh, strippers, lap dancers, and all that. We've got yet another Islamic fundamentalist, <laughs> alleged, Major Hassan, going to strip clubs, drinking beer, preferring blondes, wants lap dancers in private rooms, um, 
And again, you can go back and look in, look in my book, 9-11 Synthetic Terror. You can find the Hopsicker uh, material in there, interesting um, investigative journalism done in, uh, in the area of Venice, uh, Florida, for the uh, 9-11 figures. You see the same thing. Are we dealing with parallel Patsy lives in Plutarch sense? I, I think we, uh, we probably are. So uh, the other one other uh, point, uh, when Hassan gets to Fort Hood, he goes to Osman Dankwa, a local Muslim clergyman, I think connected to the base, uh, who seems to be a uh, fairly straightforward figure. And he says that uh, Major Hassan came to him and he wanted to become a community leader, a lay Muslim leader at uh, Fort Hood. And uh, Osman Daniqwa sits him down and says, you know, there's something wrong with you, Major Hassan, uh, because he's incoherent. He's obsessed with these themes of religion and persecution and uh, and so forth. Um, so that's also quite interesting. Uh, Hassan, of course, a loner, couldn't find a wife, always trying to find a wife. He demands uh, religious prerequisites for the wife, but he can't find anybody. Um, the other thing about Hassan, Virginia Tech. Well, uh, as soon as you say Virginia Tech, Cho Sing-Hui. 33 dead, including himself, April 2007. You remember the story. Too many unanswered questions there to go into. There is a report commissioned by the governor of uh, Virginia, Tim Kaine. It's worthless. It's the same thing, begging the question. Petitio Principi does not establish that Cho did it, but assumes that Cho did it and takes it from there. You know the technique. Same as the Kaine-Hamilton report. But now, what's been going on at Virginia Tech lately? Well... January 2009, a Virginia Tech doctoral student beheaded a fellow graduate student in a campus cafe. So it's a male student from China, cuts off the head of a female graduate student who had just arrived from China, um, decapitated her. Now, that's a rare event in the U.S., not much publicity for that one. Beheadings are rare on campuses, I would think, still even today. And then in August 2009, just, just this past summer, Two Virginia Tech University students found murdered at Jefferson National Forest Campground, which is a popular hangout for students. So what in God's name is going on in or near Blacksburg, Virginia? And let me hasten to say, I don't know. Um, look around. Here's what you find on one website. Uh, this is Truth Seeker of the U.K., Blacksburg, Virginia houses a U.S. government above-top-secret underground laboratory in the side of a mountain that develops uh, weapons such as human robotic mind control programming in conjunction with DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Now, does it exist? I don't know. But this is the kind of thing that that Virginia uh, Commission should have looked into and, of course, uh, does not. Let me also remind you that in the wake of Cho... We had the Kazmierchak case, Northern Illinois University, February 2008, and that was uh, five dead and, uh, sorry, 21 wounded and five dead in that incident. So we're, we've moved, we've developed at least a, a strain of terrorism which coexists. It's probably, uh, you know, among the others, alongside the others. We've got this idea of the troubled loner who has now become... Um, an Islamic fundamentalist troubled loner. There's also there's a whole unsolved complex of things connected with Cho and this Ismail Axe story with Cho, which suggests 
elements of what we call the fundamentalist conditioning by the intelligence agencies in regard to him, too. So uh, I would urge people who consider themselves 9-11 truth activists to take a look at this paper and ask yourselves if it doesn't make sense to try to counteract the hysteria on this. The hysteria around this one is greater than around Cho. With Cho and Virginia Tech uh, two years ago and a half, it was, uh, it's a tragedy, it's horrible, and of course it was. But in this case, we've now got two parties. This is a little bit like the Dreyfus case, right? You've got the people who say Hassan is a victim. He's a victim of the heritage of Bush Cheney and their unspeakable aggressive wars. And then the other side is, no, he's a terrorist. And uh, there's also a third uh, school, which is that these people were killed during the suppression of a mutiny on the base, probably connected to the un unbelievable overstretch of the U.S. forces uh, in the Iraq war, the escalation of the Afghan war, and so forth. Um, the Islamophobic aspect, there's a big attempt to bring back Islamophobia. Now, you can see who is contributing. On the one side, we have the neocons and reactionaries who you know, want to go back to the, the salad days, the heady days of the war on terror, Bush-Cheney, and the attack on Iran, if they can. Uh, on the other hand, you also see that the Brzezinski forces want a continued U.S. engagement in, uh, in Afghanistan because that is the key to attacking Pakistan, which is therefore the key to attacking China and Iran. So this is going on. Notice also the John Allen Muhammad uh, execution <clears throat> this past week, and we've also got the uh, seizure of these Iranian assets. A whole bunch of mosques have been seized uh, because they're uh, supposedly the property of an Islamic foundation based in Iran. So an office building uh, is, uh, has been seized. It's also, you've got this uh, Bank Meli, the Iranian state bank, in the, in the middle of the mixture. So that's going on. That's going to rile up the, uh, the Muslim community. So they're playing both sides, right? They're playing the reactionary Islamophobic side, and then you've got the, uh, the uh, Islamic activist side are being pushed into a confrontation. It's all quite uh, manipulated or quite orchestrated, wouldn't you say? So the first thing you want to do is don't take sides, but assume the point of view of reason, which is above these contending schools of opinion, uh, which are inferior in their analytical quality and can't uh, account for all the main facts in the case, as I've just tried to do, at least within my ability. You also... Uh, gonna, we're getting now into the phase of this uh, negotiation with Iran. Let's just mention that. You remember the proposal was that Iran would send its uranium to um, France or Russia. France was then eliminated as uh, too uh, hostile. Uh, and that deal was supposed to then uh, at least uh, cool off this nuclear confrontation, if that's what you're going to call it, with Iran. And that deal now seems to have fallen through. So we're left now with a somewhat vague ultimatum by Obama and indeed by Netanyahu that there's got to be a solution to the Iranian nuclear dossier by the end of the year, right? The program has got to be neutralized. Uh, clearly, the U.S. is still blocking, and, and I don't even think Netanyahu is seriously uh, preparing. He's preparing, but he's not going to unleash a nuke, uh, an Israeli attack on Iran. But this is, uh, this is going on now in the background. We're also going to have the trial of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, right, the, the bar fly that I 
mentioned before, the supposed mastermind of 9-11. So you will now have in New York City for a period of years a Patsy circus around Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and his uh, and his co-defendants. And he will then use that uh, as a, uh, a soapbox to make all kinds of incendiary statements in the matter of Zacharias Musabi, who uh, was uh, popping off there in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, for the best part of two years. So uh, everything is now in place for a significant Islamophobic campaign. And I would urge people, if you learned anything, anything at all from the 9-11 question, you have got to understand this stuff about the patsies, the moles, the technicians, and the drills. The first thing you look for when something like this happens, are there drills going on? Is somebody talking about drills? Has the drill gone live? And I think you've got a pretty good body of information. And then, of course, who's protecting the patsy from the results of his own blatant, babbling, imprudent statements? We'll be back in a minute. Listeners, I'm so very impressed with Wow Mobile's amazing service, and the value is unsurpassed. Wow Mobile offers unlimited long distance, unlimited email, unlimited text messaging, unlimited internet, no data charge, no credit check, no contract, no strings. A Google Android mobile device sold separately acts as a portable wireless or wired router, a mobile web hotspot to which you can tether up to four other devices, such as notebooks, simultaneously. If you upgraded the firmware for your Apple iPhone to version 3.1, you will find they disable their tethering capability. The domestic plan includes unlimited anytime minutes within U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico for only $79.95 per month. The 50-nation international plan, only $10 more. Eliminate your mobile bill. Eliminate your internet bill. Eliminate your air card bill. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000. Plus, when you enroll three others, your service is free. While mobile offers the opportunity for the entrepreneurial-minded to be their own boss, what other mobile services Service offers you the chance to get free service and be fairly compensated for teaching others how to do the same. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000, or click on the WOW Mobile banner at theliberationstation.com. WOW Mobile, the revolution has begun. 727-520-2000. 2009 edition of Liberation Station. You've been listening to the uh, today's edition, actually, of Webster Griffin Tarpley's show, World Crisis Radio, on the GCN Live Network, or GCNlive.com is where you can find that. That's the Genesis Communications Network. And the uh, 
the the topic that we uh, just heard Webster Griffin Tarpley speak on is the shootings of uh, Hassan at Fort Hood in Texas and how it appears to be perhaps some kind of um, uh, a manipulated event at the very least. It uh, did, did not unfold as was expected as the story changed repeatedly as you heard there first there were three shooters first the, there were a hundred uh, rounds or there have been a hundred rounds that were shot that would explain the three shooters and first uh, Hassan was said to just be a psychiatrist but uh, then he was said to be he was said to be a uh, sharpshooter that he had just recently practiced becoming a, a great marksman. <laughs> and and, uh, and so we we're left wondering what the deal is with Hassan at, at Fort Hood. Nadir Hassan, Major Nadir Hassan, and uh, the strange behavior that he uh, he exhibited in, in his final hours leaves very many questions open to these uh, these mind control methods. And as Webster Tarpley mentioned, that if you're going to be a 9-11 questioner of the official 9-11 story, then we also need to uh, go into these patsy uh, situations where we have a a shooter going around uh, and becoming a patsy after some very suspicious circumstances, as Webster Tarpley spelled out in the uh, article that he is going to be posting, uh, he's going to be posting an article on uh, his site, tarpley.net or actindependent.com. It is apparently not up as I was searching for it earlier, but uh, the, the article uh, he intends to write on this explains, goes into detail um, as he, he's going to go into detail as he, you might have just heard him in the first half hour go into uh, how how Major Hassan uh, had his connections with Bethesda Naval Hospital and and also with uh, all the um, well I, all the shootings that uh, that seem to center around Blacksburg Virginia and Virginia Tech and uh, it's just amazing that um, all these shootings uh, like we know about Cho in, in uh, 2007 two years ago uh, the shooting at Virginia Tech and uh, by by Cho that <clears throat> that was so suspicious and uh, the stories changed so often and the police took four hours to even go in to even confront the shooter. So uh, we'll be talking um, uh, in the next hour about uh, other topics to shift gears. But if you want to comment on what you've heard, you're certainly welcome to. We'd love to hear what you have to say on uh, on Webster Griffin Tarpley's uh, commentary and uh, the number to reach us to get in line is 727-441-3000 in Pinellas County. That's 727-441-3000 in Pinellas. Toll free 866-826-1340. That's 866-TAN-1340. And the website for the show is theliberationstation.com. Now we're on Twitter and MySpace and Facebook and uh, Meetup as usual. Uh, I finally got my first two Twitter requests all of a sudden, so I'm going to start having to learn how to tweet, but I just did that to start networking and and let everybody know about the major occurrences, at least, that are going on in my day-to-day life. Don't Not to become too Twitter-obsessed. Gosh. Well... Uh, we uh, will be talking in the next hour a little bit about the domination of the five major, <clears throat> five major uh, telecommunications companies 
that are dominating 90% of the cell phone and mobile market and how their, their domination is being broken as detailed in a Forbes article from uh, just uh, dated two days from now, November 16th, 2009. The uh, November 16th Forbes edition and uh, very cover says the $10 phone bill. AT&T and Verizon's worst nightmare is starting to happen. And uh, we'll, it, we'll talk about how this uh, article explains the, uh, the, the, the way that, uh, say, your Apple iPhone or, or uh, up until recently your BlackBerry is, has uh, been prevented from accessing the Internet in order to make phone calls through it. So uh, that, will allow, that allows the telecom companies to charge for their uh, minutes and... Uh, and the alternatives that are out there, like Wow Mobile, you might have just heard the new commercial of uh, that I've been airing on on Wow Mobile, and uh, they're a gr- the the best alternative I've found, a great alternative in which I've gotten involved just recently after uh, seeing the phone, the uh, Google Android G1 and G3 phones or mobile devices uh, demonstrated to me. It's just fascinating uh, what they can do in the unlimited uh, uh, the unlimited. Uh, Internet and text messaging and and uh, long distance that's offered is is just uh, quite amazing to me and the calls the call clarity is is quite astounding too. We'll be coming back after about a ten minute break. The number to reach us in Pinellas is 727-441-3000. Toll free 866-826-1340. We'll be talking about this and many other subjects. The website is thelibrationstation.com and we will be right back. Tampa, St. Petersburg, WDCF, Dade City, Zephyr Hills, and Wesley Chapel, and KLRG, Sheridan, Little Rock, Arkansas. CNN Radio, I'm April Williams. President Obama has spent the day in Singapore preparing for a meeting with his Asian counterpart Sunday. CNN's Andrew Stevens reports the APEC meeting focuses on trade. There's no winners and losers. Everyone can be winners in this as the whole trade pie expands. And he's been talking about trade, not a lot of specifics, but certainly the focus uh, very much on trade. When he meets with his counterparts tomorrow, it's going to be trade. It's also going to be about the the global economic situation and when the global uh, leaders should start thinking about withdrawing these stimulus packages. So certainly there's a lot on the table for him. And in the U.S., a number of Obama administration officials plan to visit the Thompson Correctional Center Monday, about 150 miles west of Chicago. It could be used to house detainees from Guantanamo Bay. CNN's Jessica Yellen reports officials are not concerned about possible escapes in the future. This is a facility that would house more than a thousand prisoners. There are only some 200 odd remaining detainees, so it would be a portion of this facility would be used for detainees, uh, and they would build their own sort of supermax facility. The Illinois governor says it could create jobs. There are mixed reviews about Attorney General Eric Holder's decision to try five 9-11 suspects in civil court in New York. Lynn Sweet with the Chicago Sun-Times says no matter where the suspects do their time, it's sure to get the tongues of media pundits and politicals wagging. If they come, no one will ever be released domestically no matter what. There's a lot of 
education I think everybody will have about what the proposals really are. But I could tell you already it's going to be caught, you know, caught in some of the partisan crossfire. Some of Bertie Madoff's and his wife's prized possessions are sold on the auction block. Ruth Madoff's diamond dangle earrings brought in a cool $70,000. A total of $900,000 was made from goods seized from Madoff's properties. The most trusted name in news, this is CNN Radio. Hi, folks. This is Tom O'Brien. At TFNN, our mission is to educate investors. That's why I've invited six of the best traders I know to join me at the Tiger Technicians Workshop to teach you their powerful systems. Not only will you learn my timing the trade system, but you'll also learn patent recognition from Larry Pesavento, the Warpath from Bud Rolfs, and the Chapman Wave from Basil Chapman. Plus, you learn how to find value in the gold market from Greg Johnson of Nova Gold Resources, futures trading with Ed Young of MF Global, and option and derivative trading from Tom Sosnoff of Think or Swim. And when you sign up now, you'll save $100 on this exciting two-day event taking place at the beautiful Sand Pearl Resort on Clearwater Beach, Florida. No matter what market you trade, the expert instructors at Tiger University will teach you the skills that will make you a more profitable trader. Space is limited, and you must register now to save $100 off the regular admission price. For more information or to sign up, just go to TFNN.com and click on the Workshop tab at the top of the page. Hi, I'm Trisha Collin, the host of Bayfront Living. It's a show for seniors and about seniors, brought to you by the beautiful Oaks of Clearwater. Listen each Monday from 1 to 2 as we talk about issues that are important to caregivers and seniors. You can email me your jokes or comments at bayfrontliving at gmail.com. Bayfront Living, it's a show for seniors and about seniors. Hi, this is Paul Hendricks, your radio realtor. Do you have questions about the real estate market? Have you been wondering about short sales or REOs? Or maybe you're wondering about whether it makes sense to move or improve? Well, join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for the Real Estate Report and get your questions answered. Our guests and panel members feature attorneys, mortgage brokers, bankers, builders, investors, and government officials. That's the Real Estate Report, your complete source for home and family news. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. right here on the Tantalk Radio Network, 1340 a.m. This is Michael Cooper, host of Animal Tales, where you can learn how to take better care of your animal companion, whether it's a dog, a cat, a rabbit, or whatever. Every Saturday at 12 noon here on 1340 Tantalk, we want to hear from you. So call us live every Saturday at 12 noon. And to listen to previous shows with great guests like Marion Nessel and John Robbins, heir of the Baskin Robbins fortune, go to tampapets.org. But we'll see you here noon on Saturday on Tantalk 1340. Healing Touch Oriental Medicine in Clearwater specializes in treating chronic pain, hormone problems, allergies, arthritis, stubborn weight problems, digestive problems, and difficult cases. If you'd like to see if Oriental Medicine and Acupuncture is right for you, call 727-669-6000. Mention Burn Fat Talk Radio and receive a free evaluation and wellness screening. That number again is 727-669-6000 or go to HealingTouchOM.com. Springs bottled water quality service and value sets us apart Arctic Springs bottled water your natural choice for refreshment call us right now to hear about our free offer in Tampa Bay and outlying areas call 727-441-3093 or visit us online at delivermewater.com 
Hello, this is Pryor Smith speaking from Toronto. You know, each winter, more than 2 million Canadians spend vacation time in Florida. And each winter, we're right here on the Tan Talk Radio Network with their up-to-the-minute news from home. Canada Calling returns for the 56th winter season, Monday, November 2nd. That's Canada Calling, a listening tradition coast-to-coast in Florida back November 2nd. Right here on the Tan Talk Radio Network, WTAN AM 1340 and WDCF AM 1350. I'm so very impressed with WOW Mobile's amazing service and the value is unsurpassed. WOW Mobile offers unlimited long distance, unlimited email, unlimited text messaging, unlimited internet, no data charge, no credit check, no contract, no strings. A Google Android mobile device sold separately acts as a portable wireless or wired router, a mobile web hotspot to which you can tether up to four other devices such as notebooks simultaneously. If you upgraded the firmware for your Apple iPhone to version 3.0, 3.1, you will find they disable their tethering capability. The domestic plan includes unlimited anytime minutes within U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico for only $79.95 per month. The 50-nation international plan, only $10 more. Eliminate your mobile bill. Eliminate your internet bill. Eliminate your air card bill. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000. Plus, when you enroll three others, your service is free. While mobile offers the opportunity for the entrepreneurial-minded to be their own boss, what other mobile service offers? offers you the chance to get free service and be fairly compensated for teaching others how to do the same. Call me, Chris Steiner, 727-520-2000, or click on the WOW Mobile banner at theliberationstation.com. WOW Mobile, the revolution has begun. 727-520-2000. 
Welcome back to the Liberation Station radio show. We uh, have joining us in the studio, Dennis. How are you doing, Dennis? Hey, I'm having a good time here. Welcome back. That was a really great song. I loved hearing on the the Power Hour yesterday where I was first introduced to it, Mm. Martin Noakes. And uh, he's he's uh, they're performing. Everything is okay. It's a really great video, too. And it has a lot of great messages when you watch the YouTube video. I haven't had the time yet to post it online, but it's going to be under the music video section on the website at theliberationstation.com. That's Martin Noakes. Everything is okay. Parentheses, don't take the swine flu jab. Yeah, more yeah. people should know. I wish more people would make more of those songs, you know, and they would yeah. be more popular because people need to have that as a venue. Yeah, and, and outright tell you like he does, don't take it. I mean, uh, if someone would say that's medical advice, oh, the Federal Trade Commission is going to come after this music artist for saying that. No, it's but, anti-medical advice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's sound medical advice. Well, look, sound if health. these people don't know what they're doing, you shouldn't be listening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, whatever they say is just uh, is the opposite of the truth. Um, well, now we're going to get into, and uh, if you'd like to reach us here in Pinellas County, first of all, uh, you can reach us at 727-441-3000, toll-free, 866-826-1340. That's 866-10-1340. The website is theliberationstation.com. And uh, before we shift gears, I want to remind you before I forget that uh, there's still available online for free viewing Alex Jones's new documentary, Fall of the Republic, Volume 1, The Presidency of Barack H. Obama. And you can see that if you just uh, go to the main page and scroll down a few pages, uh, scroll down about four or five pages, and it's right there. Or you can just click on the documentary video page. And Actually, they were also giving them out today at the uh, Rib Fest down in St. Pete. No way. Yeah, way. And, and they were <laughs> also giving them out at the USF campus. Um, I think it was this past Wednesday night. Oh, was that the oh, We no, Are sorry, Change? Oh, no, it was Thursday. Group? Yeah, We Are Change. 
Right. I went over there. That's where I got this schnazzy T-shirt. Ah, 9-11. 20 minutes with the president. 9-11 cover-up. Yeah, it's Great. the uh, the Charlie Sheen thing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, he's he's really putting his neck out on the line. Um, but uh, Yeah, he actually wants to try and get in and meet with the president instead of just fictitiously putting something. He wants to meet with the president. I'm thinking, I don't think so. <laughs> they're not going to let that happen. No, they're not. But uh, they're, you know, that, that what he's, he said is that he's, he would let uh, he would like some other um, reporter to go in and he's named some, but um, he's just trying to draw attention to the 20 questions that he wants Obama to just outright address. And the 20 simple factual questions, the inconsistencies and oddities of 9-11. Hey, as that opportunity has it, Lou Dobbs is now available. Perhaps we can send him. <laughs> Yeah, he he's out of his contract now, and and uh, he after his wife was being shot at, his Hispanic wife, who he is apparently too proud to mention to the public for fear of uh, appearing too pious. But uh, right. yeah, you know, uh, they're they're faulting him for saying that uh, President uh, Obama's birth certificate isn't real, and that equates that that should be equated or interpreted as, well, you want to overthrow the government. No, no, we want to make sure our government is not overthrown. And Webster Griffin Tarpley details it in great detail since you just brought it up is that, uh, you know, since you, we need to bring this up in defense of Lou Dobbs. And like I said, his wife as well being shot at these kind of in La Mecha and La Raza and Maldef and Lulac making threats to get off the air. And these are all uh, Ford Foundation funded and Carnegie Foundation funded and founded organizations, as the research always has shown. And uh, and there, you know, these are the enemies within the gates who are, who are being trained to think that uh, to, to cause racial division and trained to think that uh, taught from an early age through their textbooks that they're that the South and Southwest, or some believe the entire South, and some believe the Southwest and uh, Southeast uh, should be part of Mexico once again. It's um, that order ab chao, that order out of chaos. Right. They create the chaos and then offer themselves as the order to restore order. That's right. They want to make the racial strife just uh, spring up. Or, and that's what I want uh, the Hispanics to know. I want illegal aliens to know when they're they've been taught these things by these organizations i've just mentioned and uh and uh if you're affiliated with them i want you to know that they are deceptive and i've met quite a few illegal aliens who have been who when uh, these organizations are met are are mentioned that uh, lulac meldef (laughs) azatlan la raza you say that kind of thing on a bus and they go from pretending to not understand English to uh, integrating quite nicely into society. But the thing is that they, they're trying to not integrate. And I've met a few who, who believe this quite, they've told me quite uh, straightforwardly that they, you know, even though one, one lady I met a few years ago and uh, her daughter I, I knew, um, her, this lady's been here since the year I was born in 1973. That's 35 years. And she says that when she goes into a convenience store, she will not speak English. So she'll only speak Spanish in order to try to get the clerk and cashier to the service to try to deal with her, I guess. You know, to, to try to get us to conform. And that's the wrong approach because that's that's just playing into the hands of the globalists. That's, that's making. Right. That's making them happy when they see people angry at them and them getting angry with 
America being a sovereign country the way it is. And they need to understand that their own country is not the uh, downtrodden by America, you know, victimized by America. Uh, you know, Mexico is, is not the uh, pristine, lily white, incorruptible nation that that uh, they would like to tell their people they are. But, you know, actually, they've they've done that approach over the centuries. Uh, this is not new. This is the mm-hmm. approach that they've always used to, to destroy a society. And one of these days, we've got to do a historical uh, expose on just how all of this nonsense has been done. All right, like the, the plan of San Diego and, uh, you know, the, the Nazis getting the Mexicans yeah, that, to attack us in World War II. That's very little known Or blowing up and, the USS Maine in the Havana, Cuba Harbor uh, in order to create the Spanish-American War. It was our mm-hmm. own ship. We blew it up. Or, you know, forces for the powers that be at the time blew it up. But we're talking about a, a kind of an inside job where the oh, yeah. the uprising is is going to be uh, riding until they they feel that they've gotten what they've wanted, they, and uh, and there's also going to be counterinsurgency or counter mm-hmm. um, I don't I shouldn't say insurgency or or I, I think that what they want from their own writings uh, in the Club of Rome and and uh, CFR writings and. Um, the actual SPP, Freedom of Information, the Security and Prosperity Agreement, Freedom of Information documents that Jerome Corsi has uh, requested and had uh, disclosed or had um, uh, declassified the uh, original SPP meeting, they say that the greatest obstacle to creating this North American Union is the disparity in income and, and uh, life. Um, the disparity in quality of life between Mexico and America and Canada, because uh, America and Canada are so much higher, they need to bring us down, and that's their biggest obstacle to creating the North American Union. And they, they actually write this in the in this uh, SP, the first SPP document um, documentation that was released from the first SPP conference. Uh, I believe but, that was 2005. But if you notice, that's the exact same approach they used for the 1917 Russian, uh, you know, October Revolution, you know, Red October. They used the same approach in Rhodesia, Rwanda, South Africa. They've been using that same approach. You know, we have to equalize the uh, the rich, the haves versus have-nots, The uh, that Robin Hood, you know, approach. And it's just mm-hmm. a way of destroying a society. Instead of fixing the problems in the society, what they do is they they go in and they escalate those problems, and then make sure they fund they create two diametric opposed sides that Hegelian dialectic. Yeah. They apply it, destroy society, bring it down. Well, they're doing that with La Raza and all these other groups, and those poor you know you got to feel bad for the people. They're just those who are involved at least at first are only trying to improve their circumstances mm-hmm. or yes, at least and, those around them and, and they no don't faulting. realize they're being used and there's no faulting them for for and the and the way that they're treated i understand is is awful and uh you know the, the when they're detained and they're often separated and uh, but the 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 issue is that uh, the mexican government is is allowing their borders and uh, the American government and, and agreements is allowing their our border to be open in order to act as a steam valve for what would otherwise be uh, an uh, unavoidable um, revolution or reform if the people were uh, required to stay and, and fight this corrupt government. But uh, that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm, I'm saying that I don't want uh, any illegal aliens or those who think that illegal aliens ought to be made legal 
to think that uh, I want them gone. I, I want them to know that they're, they, they could be assimilated or in, um, become uh, quite uh, happy here if we were to abolish the Federal Reserve, for example. Well, actually, you know, the, on that note, um, wonderful pretend president we have actually has gone on record as stating that um, he will not give illegal aliens health insurance. We absolutely stand firm. I will not give them health insurance. While in another speech he said, but we're going to make them not illegal anymore. Exactly. So, so he did lie, and Joe Wilson was correct. He lied, but he told the truth. So which is it? Well, he told a half-truth, and then he told a half-lie. Which is still a lie. <laughs> it's, oh, but, uh, yeah, speaking of the so-called president, getting back to his, um, his birth certificate issue, that is been mainly addressed and originally addressed by Phil Berg, not the uh, other lady who is going around... Um, you know, putting out facetious or whimsical arguments against Obama that everybody is paying attention to. They're not paying attention to Phil Berg. And mm. Phil Berg, every week on Webster Griffin Tarpley Show, gives his update um, on his uh, suits, a suit against uh, Obama. And there are many other suits um, in other states with whom he has networked. And he also talks about those, the other legitimate cases. But uh, there is a, a case that's out there that, uh, and her name escapes me at the moment, that um, who is making very facetious arguments, and she's been fined. And but she's getting all the attention. Is that the lady with the Russian accent? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name? I know who you mean. Yeah, and and the thing is that uh, she's the straw man or the straw lady because. She isn't really putting forth any valid argument, val- valid arguments like Phil Berg is, and uh, you can hear him uh, on Webster Griffin Tarpley's show again at GCNlive.com. Go to World Crisis Radio is Webster Griffin Tarpley's show, mm-hmm. and uh, you can hear Phil Berg. He's usually in the second hour, uh, giving his update for uh, about twenty minutes, and you can hear uh, it's amazing and encouraging the, the things that uh, the progress that's been made and and how the Obama administration is fighting this but uh, you know you won't get phil berg's original suit against obama being covered and uh and they've just dismissed uh, the other lady's uh, case again because she keep continually is appealing it but uh, they dismissed it again because she did not file it until after i believe is uh, the, because she didn't file it until after the election Mm. That was the argument that she had no standing, and and here uh, Phil Berg filed his back in August. So he is saying he's showing, look, I I do have standing, and and so it's just amazing. I'm that's just uh, the latest one of the latest developments uh, that I've I remember um, them calling them uh, talking about on World Crisis Radio. Um, now, uh, as I promised at the end of the last hour. I'm going to comment here and uh, just give a little bit of a quote from this Forbes magazine article dated November 16th edition, 2009. The $10 phone bill, AT&T and Verizon's worst nightmare is starting to happen. Yay! Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm happy too because they just keep on charging us more and more for less. And Down with the man! Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, and if you want to reach us here in Pinellas County, the number is 727-441-3000, toll-free, 866-826-1340, and the website is theliberationstation.com. Now, uh, this starts out here uh, mentioning the uh, Metro PCS founder and chief executive, Roger Linquist. 
Uh, talk is cheaper. Metro PCS founder and chief executive Roger Linquist vows to slash the price of cell phone calls. Well, this article doesn't mention Well Mobile, but I'm going to uh, skip ahead to uh, a section that's relevant to it. And, and it mentions here, um, it mentions here the uh, the domination of. Uh, uh, the five uh, five major phone companies, uh, over 90% of the U.S. mobile market. To date, the cellular calling industry has been immune from the commoditiza- commoditization, infecting the rest of the phone business. Today's big four carry more phone calls than ever, almost two trillion mil- minutes last year, and took in more money du- doing it than ever before, $105 billion. Collectively, they control 90% of the U.S. market, and this cozy oligopoly hasn't succumbed to ruinous price wars yet. Over the past three years, for instance, the four giants hiked the price of single text messages from $0.10 to $0.15 and then to $0.20, despite the lack of any plausible link to their underlying cost. That encouraged customers to opt for all-you-can-text flat rates, boosting industry profits. The lockstep price increases sparked a Senate investigation of the big four's market power, but they remain in effect. And I'm going to skip down here now. This Roger Linquist, who's the founder and CEO of MetroPCS, referring to him, Quote, Linquist thinks the idea of legislating, quote-unquote, open phones is a waste of time and potentially counterproductive. The market is moving that way anyway, he argues. Quote, you just can't argue with open access, end quote, he says. Quote, consumers are going to get devices that do what they want them to do, end quote. And what he's referring to by open access is that these phones like uh, the Google Android phone offered only by uh, only the uh, uh, the Wow Mobile offers you the uh, unlimited option, but the Google Android phone has the Android operating system that's an open source operating system. That's a mm-hmm. that's a program that anybody can look at and scrutinize and write software for. Now this article explains uh, how. Uh, Apple iPhone, the Apple iPhone, and up until recently, uh, the BlackBerry, until uh, Verizon started selling, um, pardon me, the uh, until Vonage started selling their uh, the software for it. These companies have been uh, denying these these mobile device companies have been denying you uh, the ability to use the internet in order to make a voice over internet call. And uh, even even when it is possible by bootstrapping or jury rigging mm-hmm. it, that, which we'll get into, uh, they may not be a very good quality. It really isn't a technology that anyone has has mastered to um, have an acceptable quality to offer. But uh, while mobile and their engineers is uh, is has uh, developed this and devised this, and uh, and there's an interest. a very oh my gosh, I, I forgot to bring this up the, from the New York Times. Um, I'll have to. Uh, pull this up here and, uh, and read this to you, and I'll let you uh, comment, Dennis, on the bootstrapping well, issue. But the, uh, some of the uh, users out there may not understand, or some of your uh, listeners may not understand mm-hmm. that what you're referring to is bootstrapping is basically when you go and reprogram the phone to do it. But you have to—that's not the kind of thing the average person can do. You, you have to know what you're doing. I mean, you can follow a script if you uh, really are technically savvy, or at least moderately so. But I actually um, go to meetings where uh, for Linux and for um, <clears throat> new ones coming up for uh, Unix users in this side of the bay. And 
some of the people there actually use the uh, the iPhones and what have you, and they were discussing at the last meeting how they were having issues tethering. And that's when you take the phone and you use it as the modem for your laptop, say. Instead of having to use a Wi-Fi card, you can use it. If there's no signal, you can use your phone to have the data connection. Mm-hmm. And what had happened recently is they, these phone companies have started to restrict the uh, communication ports used to do that. And that's got them kind of looking for alternate ways around that. And there are ways of doing it. It's just that's when you have to have somebody who's really technically savvy that knows how to do those things. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's, it's an, <clears throat> an involved process, so just want to let people know it's available if they wanted to maybe Google the instructions. Right. But uh, Well, that's why these freebies know. or low-cost ones are going to become very, very popular. Mm-hmm. You know? and, the, and I'm just letting people know this, even though it's obviously competition for WoW Mobile and myself, but I I want, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> well, remember, what was it Rockefeller said? Competition is, is sin. Uh, well, actually, competition is is uh, I don't think what was the exact phrase he used it was competition is criminal was the exact phrase he used well when he's he's using uh, thugs to go around like mm. Pinkerton security and such like that to go around yes but it's amazing what you can do with the right money you can suddenly become a philanthropist yeah <laughs> after going through and destroying people's lives yeah. and breaking up uh, unions mm-hmm. and rocking a bunch of fellers Rockefeller out there yeah, What's in a name? Well, uh, yeah, yeah thug I just is thought, a thug is a thug, right? Yeah, and well, generally, you know, that's when you when you see the ones that are who are involved in mm-hmm. these uh, these certain organizations, like we always talk about. But um, yeah, but remember, even um, even when the uh, the veterans came back from World War One, and they had been promised all of these um, oh, yeah. benefits, what happened is they they, they, they finally got to a point where they had to march on D.C. or Maybe, well, I don't know if it was D.C. There was some city they were marching on. Oh, yeah, they were marching in D.C. And, and who, was mo- it they got down. who was it that got sent to, mo- to t- deal Pickers with the problem? Mm-hmm. No. was it? It was um, General Douglas. Well, who became General Douglas MacArthur? So later in World War II, he had the famed, um, he had the fame of having quad, you know, squashed rebellions, and they sent him over mm-hmm. to the Philippines for a while to rehabilitate his reputation. But right. the reason he had to do that is that he was the one that squashed the veterans <clears throat> from trying to just demand their rights. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to have that sort of thing today. It's just they don't they, – they could march all they want. People just wouldn't care. It's a shame. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, you're, that's what you get when you have uh, Rockefellers in power, the ones who seem to rise to the top or the or quite devious ones, apparently. Or their, or their swine spawn. <laughs> well, uh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Oh uh, well, you're certainly talking about pork barrel projects, I think, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. that's it. That's right. So. Pork barrel projects. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's why they need to quarantine the place. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay, but uh, all the birds <laughs> getting in there, and you know, those you get those two animals mm-hmm. together, you just never know what they're going to do. Yeah, you know, foul. Well, that's uh, right, foul. Well, um, yeah, I just want folks to know that even though it's competition for something like WoW Mobile to be able to use your iPhone, which you paid good money for, to be able to use your subscription, say, with AT&T, and, and people who don't know how to bootstrap their their iPhone will uh, have to, will be forced if they want to tether a device to, to get their, to take advantage 
uh, of their service and they need to get another device to tether to. But um, uh, here's, a, here's a great article from October 22nd this year in the New York Times. In lawsuit, Nokia says iPhone infringes its patent. Nokia, the world's largest cell phone maker, sued Apple on Thursday, claiming the iPhone violates 10 patents for which wireless transmission technologies. And uh, this, by the way, is by this article by Saul Hansel and Kevin J. O'Brien. And continuing, the iPhone, which is, was introduced by Apple in 2007, used two industry standards for wireless communications, GSM and UMTS, that Nokia developed as part of a consortium of global telecommunications companies. Nokia said it had repeatedly asked Apple to license its patent related to these standards and that Apple had refused. So Apple uh, apparently isn't the lily white company either. That uh, most people think that they, you know their their reputation is impeccable, and it's not as they're they're another corporate entity that is just working for their own shareholders, as most are. Well, and, if you remember when they originally started, how much did the Apple Disc Two, the Disc Two computers sell for? Originally, something like the original Apple Two. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they were all about like two grand back then, weren't they? Not the original ones. The original Apple, six hundred and sixty-six dollars. Oh, oh. Well, I oh, think their symbol was an apple with a bite taken out there. Very symbolic. They're, they were never nice guys from the beginning. Hmm. Has something to do point. with the original sin? Mm-hmm. Huh. It's interesting. Oh, it's always in your face, you know what I mean? It, huh. Well, maybe there should be a worm uh, squeakling out of it. <laughs> I shouldn't get into so much I graphic detail. I think that's detail, what that article there yeah, is representing, exactly. actually. That's the worm coming back to bite them. Oh, my. <laughs> Well, uh, that's it's got sharp, a, nasty teeth. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get uh, you know badmouth them too much, but I do want people to know that there are much better options now that uh, you know. As I mentioned, they when you upgrade your Apple iPhone firmware from 3.0 to 3.1, mm-hmm. then that uh, tethering ability is disabled. And I've been speaking to somebody I know who uh, and other people have just <laughs> having an always, awful time. With you can those. always revert. Anytime you upgrade your firmware, you can revert. You can. It's not an easy process, but you can revert. Although with some prom eproms, it does com- when it com- when you're talking about the- taking chips out and putting them back. No, in. you can actually it's a, if it's an eprom, which is an electronic e- double eprom, is an electronically erasable programmable read-only memory. That's right. that's old technology now. I mean, I remember when it was new, but so do you just plug it into a machine to reprogram that chip? Well, the thing is, if it's an eprom built in, more li- more likely it'll be built in. It's you should be able to flash it, meaning you. You flash away the original and install a new. But you should, if that's the case, and you have a copy of the original, you can flash it again with the old. So Hmm. you should be able to go back. Anytime anybody does an update, it's always good to do a backup first before you wipe. Yeah. Do the same thing when you wipe the switch. And I always want other people to be the guinea pigs for any new operating systems or computers anyway. because Mm -hmm. I usually recommend it to people I don't like, but, you know. Yeah, all right, sure. Go ahead, try that yeah, try it. security update. Ooh, didn't work. Ooh, darn. <laughs> It'll make you feel so much more secure. So uh, yeah, there's these other issues. I hear people are with this new firmware, also with the iPhone. Like uh, the, the phone is making calls all by itself, and I actually was on the receiving end of one of those, and and trying to speak to the friend, and and he's just uh, doesn't he doesn't hear me. And he, this happened a couple times, and other times uh, mm-hmm. he tries to turn it off or hang up, and it, or uh, he uh, he can turn it off, but he cannot hang up unless he turns it off, and that's his uh, his one of his other issues with it lately too. But um, 
he didn't want to go into a whole lot of detail about it because he could see that I was trying to, you know, let just let him know that there are better options out there available, mm-hmm. like through mm-hmm. um, the Google Android through Wow Mobile. And uh, and this is a very, very interesting article. If uh, anybody wants to check out this Forbes, uh, the $10 phone bill article mm-hmm. is talking about how the uh, major companies are, are very terrified the, at the prospect of open source, you know, people being able to write their own software for their own mobile devices, like, uh, for example, baby monitoring software or there, there are about 10 different um there's a list of 10 different uh, uh favorites or top 10 favorite software for the uh, google android phone if you just uh, click on the banner at the top of the liberationstation.com it'll bring you to a separate page on the site and uh just go down on one of the bullet points it says it has a link to those uh, top 10 applications and uh, there's a YouTube video that uh, shows a great demonstration, and and you can see all the the app, some of the applications that are out there. There are many more that are out there in the public domain that uh, people just set, put out there as uh, basically what's called shareware. Are there a variety of different types of uh, software people put out there um, who write their own software? You can uh, put out shareware just uh, <clears throat> for sharing for free. You can put out uh, what's called crippleware or begware that. Uh, kind of gives you limited options unless you register or pay for a um, registration uh, um, for a, a professional copy and uh, or commercial copy. Um, but uh, the, the open source aspect allows for much greater security as well because so many uh, people are looking at the operating system for their mobile devices and they're, they're figuring out that um, if they can uh, see the security flaws and write their own software and uh, and share it with our friends. So uh, it's quite uh, quite amazing, uh, the new technology that's out there by popular demand. And uh, now uh, we're going to shift gears one more time into the uh, the uh, the CFR. Um, let's see. Let's pull up this window and get out of this New York Times. And uh, I need a faster connection. If I had my google android phone i would be able to do this but look it's nancy pelosi on your web page <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry that's miss piggy no Same that, yeah yeah speaking of pork barrel mm-hmm. um no uh, the, the cfr uh, article i wanted to uh read from is on my website cfr rec- it's right next to the miss piggy that's right we're very easy to spot uh on a different subject <laughs> Uh, CFR recordings suggest creating false scarcity to drive up demand for H1N1 vaccine. Mm -hmm. Laughter as dignitaries discuss making vaccine mandatory, tricking public into taking it by Steve Watson, Infowars.net, November 3rd, 2009. The audacity of taking us for dopes, that's what I say, but... uh, that uh, this article, uh, we're going to play a, a clip here of the actual Council on Foreign Relations. Um, yes, basically it does laughing. exist. Yes, the, the Council on Foreign Relations exists and has many tentacles, mem- many members, such as our president, Barack H. Obama and Joe Biden. And oh, yes, on the other aisle, there's John McCain and Dick Cheney and you, so many, many others. Do you mean the same Barack Obama who bought all kinds of shares in a pharmaceutical company right before introducing a bill on the Senate floor? Yeah. That same guy? Yeah, that's the same oh. one. And uh, yeah, it, oh gosh, you make me uh, want to swerve off uh, the topic here for just one moment there's the article up on the site uh, that's about dr oz mm-hmm. natural news i'd love to if i have the time oh. to get into this 
Dr. Oz, he's uh, all over TV. I think he, what is he on, Fox News? Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah, I don't watch he, the alphabet channels. He's on, yeah, he's on one of those alphabet channels, and uh, and forgive me for not knowing, but um, I don't have cable, and uh, that's how I how I keep my mind clean, but uh, mm-hmm. mostly read my stuff and pick my videos that I want to watch. But uh, garbage anyway, doctor, in, garbage out, right? Exactly. And uh, and Dr. Mehmet Oz is, is spewing so much garbage. The uh, the article on the site is uh, is where he's. Um, it's entitled Conflicts of Interest. Dr. Mehmet Oz owns 150,000 option shares in vaccine technology company. And uh, which he bought for a dollar fifty, I think it was, when the stock itself was at seven dollars at the time. Yeah, it really went up. And um, and then you know that's Siga Siga Technologies. He, he pulled a Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sure did. And and so so uh, we have uh, Natural News being contacted by the PR company representing the Siga. You know, uh, telling Mike Adams and Natural News to not stop telling people about Dr. Oz owning these $150,000 option shares in vaccine technology. Well, you go to Natural News, and there's another article I have yet to post on my site mm-hmm. where uh, you know Mike Adams is, is talking about his entanglement with uh, the PR company um, that represents Siga Technology, saying it could result in action, some kind of legal action, uh, like cease and desist from exposing the fact that Dr. Oz is, is a, well, actually what they Said, yeah, how dare you was, tell the truth? Yeah, don't tell the truth because it could result in a libel. That's what they said. <laughs> libel so truth equals libel these days. Huh? Where have we? Oh, well, what they're faulting him with is saying that, well, we're we're Sega Technologies, but we don't produce. We're not involved in vaccines. Uh, and then uh, oh, he really? goes to yeah, he goes to their site and he's he, he's talking about how it talks about it right there on the on their site. Small packs vaccines. So what are and, they? Medical remedies. No, they call it bio-armor. Oh, bio-armor. I see. It's yeah. not a vaccine. It really should more realistically be called enemy within the gates or, or something. Yeah. We're going to inject this and, and cause you to shed the virus for at least seven days, scientifically uh, proven. A hmm. Harvard Medical letter from October of this year, 2009, says that. So if you get the vaccination, the, especially the live attenuated virus that's in the mm-hmm. in the inhalation of the nose uh, vaccine then or the uh, nasal vaccine then uh, you're going to have a live attenuated virus in you shedding for at least a week and you're going to be contagious so you should self-quarantine and that's not something they tell you they say well we right. want to protect everybody so you know go well, ahead we'll vaccinate your children they can play with each other and, and just for review let's remind people how the uh, these vaccines that they're out there for really work and what they do is they shut down the immune system temporarily flood the body with the uh, pollutant Mm-hmm. And then they turn the immune system back on. So what you end up with is because all the cells, or all body, all body systems are infested with the bad stuff that's in the uh, vaccine. What ends up happening is you have what you call a cytokine storm, which is your mm-hmm. own immune system is seeing all this bad stuff that it needs to address, and it does its job. Problem is, it's going haywire, trying to treat all of your body systems as an infected body, which indeed it is. Yeah, it's just it's, it's tar- your your cells are infected, and so they're attacked because right. they have you know these things that, that provoke your immune system, there. which are autoimmune responses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so getting back to this article, uh, this uh, CFR recording suggests creating false scarcity to drive up demand for H one N one vaccine. It's posted up there at uh, theliberationstation.com. dot mm-hmm. 
And uh, if you want to reach us to, before I start reading this, you can call in in Pinellas County, 727-441-3000, 727-441-3000 in Pinellas, toll-free, 866-826-1340. That's 866-TAN-1340. Website is theliberationstation.com. And this article is uh, by Steve Watson, Infowars.net, dated November 3rd. Laughter as dignitaries discuss making vaccine mandatory, tricking public into taking it, is the subtitle. To start out here, a recording of a recent Council on Foreign Relations Symposium reveals, it reveals attendees discussing ways and means of getting the public to take the H1N1 flu vaccine in spite of the mass resistance that has arisen due to questions over its safety. The recording dates from October 16th when the CFR held a symposium in New York entitled Pandemic Influenza, Science, Economics, and Foreign Policy. The meeting was held in order to encourage a consensus for policy to present to the federal government concerning the so-called swine flu pandemic. In attendance were professors and doctors from several influential universities and medical schools, along with media representatives from Science Magazine, the Canadian Press, and the Financial Times. That's the Financial Times of London. Other notable attendees included Robert E. Rubin, former U.S. Secretary of the Treasury and current co-chair of the CFR, along with John Lang, Senior Program Officer of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Global Health Program, and I might add a eugenics vaccination program for the world if there ever was one. And uh, continuing, during part of the discussion, see, see, uh, you can see the transcript on the website, on CFR's own website or on the Infowars.net website. During part of the discussion on whether or not the vaccine should be made mandatory for health workers and school children, Lone Simonson, research professor and research director at the Department of Global Health, George Washington University, suggests creating an artificial scarcity in order to ramp up demand for the vaccine. Quote, I think that I think what would work better would be to say that there was a shortage and people people tend to buy more of something that's in demand. And then there's laughter. We saw that there was one season where really people lined up all night to get a flu shot, Simonson says, much to the amusement of other attendees at the symposium. The, the entire recording is on the CFR website here, but an edited version appears uh, in the short video, in, the, in this uh, following short video. And uh, I'm going to have to, um, yeah, if we can start playing that, uh, that CFR clip and uh, see if that's the right one. Uh, if we got that all queued up, ready to go? All right, shoot that one. Is it queued up or uh, Thank you for downloading this Council on Foreign Relations video. CFR is an independent national membership organization and nonpartisan research center. For more information, please visit us online at CFR.org. Good morning. And good morning to all of you on the Internet. My name is Lori Garrett, and you are here in the Council on Foreign Relations in New York on a grim, wet, chilly day. Thanks to all of you who managed to forge through the nasty weather, and I expect that, that we'll have stragglers coming in as a result. Of okay. Well, I think that might have been the uh, incorrect clip or uh, not queued up at the right spot, uh, but do we have uh, 
Lee, do we have that other one ready to go? That I this think Council on Foreign Relations podcast. CFR is an independent national membership organization and nonpartisan research center. Good morning. My name is Lori Garrett, and you are here in the Council on Foreign Relations in New York. I am the senior fellow for global health here at the Council on Foreign Relations. With us today is a stellar group of scientists, analysts, journalists, and as usual at the Council on Foreign Relations, a highly diverse and intelligent audience. Well, I, th I think we're having a buffering problem on the web here, so we'll just save that for another time. But that is right on the CFR's webpage, the quote that I just read. I would love to play it for you just to, just for the sake of uh, convincing the audience. But, uh, you know, well, the, the, I, th I think what you just heard, the man mentioning this is the CFR. Yes, they do exist. And yes, mm -hmm. it's a real organization. I don't care what he says. It's definitely not in your best interest. Well, for We've those got, who, you know, I, I mean, the, if you want to hear it, it's it's going right now. Oh, it's ready to go? Okay, yeah. If we can pick that up or left off for just a few more minutes to end the show. Across the country. After circulating in the Southern Hemisphere for the last three or four months, H1N1 did indeed return, as forecast, or shall we say, scenarioed by the PCAST, and has now been back in most of the United States for at least two weeks. It is indeed surging very rapidly around the country. On Tuesday, uh, Dr. Ann Shuckett from the Centers for Disease Control opened a press briefing with these remarks. Unfortunately, we're seeing more illnesses, more hospitalizations, and more deaths from it. Flu is widespread in 37 states. That's up from 27 states just last week. Unfortunately, 19 more pediatric deaths from influenza got reported to us this past week. We're now up to 76 children having died from the 2009 H1N1 virus, she means in the United States. To put that in context, in the past three years, the total pediatric influenza deaths ranged from 46 to 88. We've had 76 children dying from the 2009 H1N1 virus, and it's only the beginning of October. There's a great deal of uncertainty about this flu pandemic. One thing is certain, it is a worldwide event and it is occurring in the dawn of our age of globalization. With us today is a stellar group of scientists, some of them PCAST members, as I said, analysts, journalists, and as usual at the Council on Foreign Relations, a highly diverse and intelligent audience. Before we jump into the subject at hand, a few quick bits of uh, housekeeping and a setup for what we're going to experience today. We have three panels with two short breaks. And because this is live on the web, uh, we're going to ask that the audience that's physically here in New York please clear out quickly during breaks and come back quickly during breaks so that we stick to our time schedule absolutely. In addition, a couple of other things. As, because we are live on the Internet, absolutely no wireless devices can be on in this room. It's not just we don't want them to ring, we don't want them to interfere. So PDAs, cell phones, laptops, whatever they are, please turn them off. Um, we welcome that webcast audience, and as I said, John is going to tell you how you can Twitter. And um, because this is the first big event co-sponsored with Science Magazine, we really want to thank and welcome all the folks from AAAS 
and okay. science for their... Yeah, we'll come back to uh, the relevant part of that, if we can uh, locate that. I, I don't know if that video was replaced. Uh, they're, they're I think they vi- replaced it. Yeah, it could have been replaced, but uh, then there's another video on this same article page, and I don't have the time to to uh, play that. Now, they added that at the very bottom uh, on an update, so uh, where there's an actual the, the actual video as well. But, uh, you know, she's going around backslapping or back, <laughs> patting everybody on the back, but um, I thought she was she- going to... You know, hands it over to a, to a panel. Is that what you want? The, yes. the panel that's on there. That would be that would be well. We don't we don't have the time for that. We'll no. just uh, get into it on another show. Uh, but uh, for now, I just wanted to go into uh, once I get to the bottom of this um, and the CFR. But I uh, wanted to mention at this point what the CFR is and what their agenda is. And uh, it's basically and, the American version of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. That's right. And uh, they, ha- they all have interlocking memberships and interlocking policies, the same policies, mm-hmm. and, and the Club of Rome, and uh, gosh, they're and interlocking directorates and stuff too. But uh, right. I'm going to read here this uh, quote from the now director of the CFR, Richard N. Haas. He wrote in a 1991 Club of Rome report entitled First Global Revolution. And uh, what I'm about to read to you is how they want. They're explaining that they need to get power by claiming that the the earth is the victim and that makes humans the enemy, as well as fake terror, synthetic terror, as Webster Tarpley calls it. Now, uh, this is from First Global Revolution by Richard N. Haas, the director of the Council on Foreign Relations. Quote, in searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these aims are caused by human intervention. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. And uh, that's the end of that quote. And continuing another quote, state sovereignty must be altered in a globalized era. A system of world government must be created and sovereignty eliminated in order to fight global warming as well as terrorism. Moreover, states must be prepared to cede some sovereignty to world bodies if the international system is to function. End quote. And again, that's Richard N. Haas, the director of the uh, council of the current director on the Council on Foreign Relations. No, actually, wasn't he the director at that time? Ninety-one. I'm not sure he is currently. That was uh, that was his writing in the Club of Rome, but he's he's oh, still he the director. Currently? Yeah, and okay. he still writes very similar things in in uh, in the CFR, like uh, so saying the- that we have to introduce the Amero. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, that might be the Amero as a North American currency, but that might be a red herring. I think they're just going to shift over to We the international. We that ask what Mr. Kissinger has to say about it. I don't think that uh, – I think that people said so much about it that they're just going to skip the Amero. But the the fact that he would bring up the, the Amero as a, a next uh, North American currency and uh, say says a lot that uh, it just that – just that, uh, but a lot of people don't realize. Uh, just the other day, Saudi Arabia has announced that as of January 10, 2010, they are no longer going mm-hmm. to be uh, using Texas sweet crude as the benchmark for oil, which means they're taking the peg and moving it, and they're now going to, and they're also going to no longer accept U.S. dollars. So that's going to no, really right. affect our currency. 
and other countries aren't either. They're one by one, and you hear some of these talk shows saying they're destroying the dollar. But like I was saying, Richard and Haas and these others who are pushing the Amero or saying that the dollar is collapsing. These mm-hmm. leaders of these other, like the Exchequer and in Great Britain and the other uh, central banks of other foreign countries, as they started in around uh, September of 2007, bad mouthing the dollar then that causes the dollar to crash. I mean, as it's been engineered too, but then there, you hear the talking points right. or the talking heads are saying that these foreign uh, governments uh, like Saudi Arabia and, and Syria and others, uh, they don't want to deal in dollars anymore. And Iran, oh my gosh, they're, they're destroying our dollar. Well, they've been warning us that they're, they are going to drop the dollar and, and they've been telling us to shore it up or else they're going to have to. Well, uh, you know, they have, we have no one to blame but ourselves. We have the government. The government we have is the one we deserve because we've put so much trust in it. And, and they just keep on printing up the cash and uh, putting even more authority in the Federal Reserve, not less. We need to take take all the authority back from the Federal Reserve and, and uh, the authority that the Congress has delegated to the Federal Reserve unconstitutionally needs to be reclaimed. Just as we need to tell our Senate to not sign this this uh, treaty, this Copenhagen, this uh, UN Global Climate Treaty or cap and trade. Actually, it's for too the late. Country. George Bush Sr. already signed it back in his day. He signed it. He George signed Bush Ka- Sr. signed the Kyoto. The, the Kyoto. He signed it. The Back in his day, well, essentially, not Bush Jr. Senior, but this this cap and trade is for setting up global government, as Lord Moncton, former uh, advisor, science advisor to Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, has said, and and he's one of the few who's actually speaking out. The the one thing that uh, I disagree with him on is that is that uh, they are even though they're going to treat this treaty as superseding the Constitution. It doesn't, and well, I can't say I disagree. I would just add that point. It does not supersede the Constitution, but of course our politicians are going to act as if it does in the creation of this world government, and that is one of the three main planks for this cap-and-trade global climate um, bill that's up for uh, up uh, for debate in, at the uh, Copenhagen Convention in December. Well, we've reached another edition of Liberation Station. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks, Dennis, for joining in the studio, manning the station for liberty. Hey, that's what our hair, that's what we're here for, you know. Yeah, and we'll be back with you next week on the Liberation Station. The website is theliberationstation.com. All take great care. Mm-hmm.